If you stop and think about everything happening here in the good old U.S. of A., you might believe that there are only two sides to every story. Actually, there are many more sides. At last count, there were over 327 million sides to our American story. On this program, we'll take a look at different stories, from a different point of view. Mine. Hopefully, after listening, absorbing, and actually thinking about what you hear, it might just become your point of view as well. I'm Steve, and this is The Truth Hurts. It's May 27th, 2020, and today we're going to talk about the COVID fatalities, but perhaps not in the same way you're used to hearing about them. Every day for the past five plus months, the lead story on every major news channel and every local newscast has been the same. COVID-19 deaths. Of course, it all started out as the Wuhan China novel Coronavirus 2019, but that name allegedly offended some people, so they changed it. Every day, every night, they plaster the number of alleged COVID-19 deaths on your television screen. It's like that old song by the Eagles, Dirty Laundry, is coming to life daily and nightly on your television. If you haven't heard the song, take three minutes and 42 seconds of your life to listen to it. The Eagles, Dirty Laundry. They report the deaths with an almost smile, a dirty smirk, as if to mentally point a finger at you, to blame you for not washing your hands for not putting on gloves, for not wearing a mask, for not staying at home, for not social distancing. They do it with this air of importance, as if they, the reporters, are above the virus, as if they are righteous and you are not. They do it with a self-righteous indignation that is designed and intended to make you feel guilty for still being alive. They do it to impart some sense of blame upon you for not getting sick, for not succumbing to this virus where so many less fortunate have died. It's almost like all those Vietnam War protesters who couldn't tell their story back in the 1970s or couldn't actually make a difference with their protests finally grew up and now they have their turn, their turn to actually create chaos to cause uprising, to manufacture crisis, and to control you, the masses, and to bring their protest every day and every night to the small screen in your living room. Yes, yes, people are dying from COVID-19, and it is a tragedy. We all wish it would simply go away. We wish we could just snap a finger. But we all have to be intelligent enough to realize that if this was a novel coronavirus, meaning it was never before seen, then it will take time to identify and develop a cure, a vaccine, and that that cannot be done overnight, even in the great beginning of the 21st century. Where was this sort of outrage during SARS, MERS, Ebola, swine flu, bird flu, H1N1, and myriad other virus outbreaks? Where were the shutdowns? Where was the complete elimination of a third of the American economy? Where was the outcry for social distancing? But more importantly, where were and where are 
the cures and vaccines for those viruses. It's been 10, 20 years. And more importantly, where was the blame on the president sitting in the Oval Office during those virus outbreaks? Yeah, sure, they tried to push the AIDS crisis every chance they got, but old Magic J's miraculous survival put the brakes on that story. There were some news stories and documentaries about AIDS, but now, today, there are actual TV ads with smiling gay men, list kissing and touting the greatest and latest PrEP drugs, which allow people with AIDS to just carry on with their promiscuous sexual lifestyles, because here we are some 30 years later, 30 They still have no vaccine, no cure for the AIDS virus. But after decades of desensitization and social acceptance, AIDS is no big deal in the media. Where's the public outcry for the hundreds of thousands of heart disease deaths every year? The hundreds of thousands of cancer deaths, the automobile accident deaths, the suicides, the abortions, the drug overdoses. When I first got into radio, I was told, you can't say the word damn. It was taboo. Couldn't say it on radio or TV. But now they say it like almost anything. You see, the American public was desensitized for decades, and now hearing the word damn on TV or radio is just like hearing the word fish or candy bar. Hearing about a murder on television in the 1960s was shocking 60 years ago. And now... It's not even a headline story in most newscasts. Hearing about 80,000 people dying every year from the seasonal flu means nothing because the media news outlets have never made it a big deal. But in an election year, when a candidate whom the entire media was 100% against is found to be doing well, running the country in a positive way, has had the economy on track for three and a half years, has lowered the unemployment for all citizens, especially the historic low levels of unemployment for the base of the opposition party. The media realized they had no chance of defeating this president. They had no choice but to blow out this COVID-19 virus completely out of proportion. After all, their combined plans with opposition parties to impeach the president failed. Their combined plans with opposition party to force the president to resign amid made-up scandal after made-up scandal failed. Their combined plans with the opposition political party to turn the American people against a widely accepted and highly approved of president with made-up dossiers, fake collusion stories, false accusations, and silent coup attempts, failed, and failed miserably. The media then realized the only thing they have left is to blame a president of these United States for improperly handling a Chinese-imported virus, which, by the way, should have been properly handled by the individual state governors, but was not. Tell me, How is a little teeny tiny COVID-19 cell so intelligent that it can distinguish between people at a grocery store shopping or people at a furniture store shopping? We left the grocery stores open and forced the furniture stores to close. How can this teeny tiny little COVID cell so intelligently distinguish between people at a park 
in one state or a park in another state? How is it that we can allow people to shop for groceries and that's okay, but we can then in the same sentence say people cannot vote at a polling place for an upcoming election? Think about this. You can implement social distancing in polling places just the same as you can at the market. They want people to be able to vote by mail because you don't have to provide identification. They need people to be able to vote by mail so they can slip in a few extra votes or a few extra million or so votes for that matter for the candidate they want in office. The history of viral outbreak handling by the prior presidents shows that there's something manufactured here, something fake, something just not quite right. If you call that a conspiracy theory, then so be it. But tell me this, why are the many states who have reopened to a near-normal activity level not seeing the spikes in new COVID-19 cases that were wildly reported and warned about? Why also are the majority of those states called red states? Perhaps it's because the majority of the residents of those so-called, the so-called red states, those residents don't subscribe to the victim mentality. They don't abide government restricting their freedoms, tracking their movements, controlling them like chess pieces. They don't take kindly to interference, intervention, or interruption of their participation in the American dream. They don't subscribe to the shut-in and give-me-something mentality. And perhaps it's because of their yearn to earn, their want to work, their need to do something, rather than their desire to sit by the boob tube 24-7, waiting to be told by someone at a desk on television that doomsday is coming. So today, I want to report on only one potential COVID-19 death. The death of liberty. Today's coronavirus death, death to the very freedom of this country, the death that this freedom was founded upon, has not yet happened. I'm looking at the heart monitor, and America's heart is still beating, still breathing, without a ventilator. America, as we knew it, is not dead. It's not on a ventilator. It's not so sick that it will perish. America, as we knew it, is being reported by the media and a political opposition party as being gravely ill. And they're blaming the sitting president for spreading the disease because he's not wearing a mask to each and every American citizen. They're trying to blame the president for the death that will certainly come if he's reelected. Poppycock. Yes, I said poppycock. Intelligent Americans can see through the lies, the bullcrap, and the hype. Intelligent Americans are practicing social distance. Americans who are intelligent have flattened the curve. That's why they don't show the curve on TV anymore. It's why they don't show people on ventilators on the TV anymore. It's why they don't broadcast the so-called shortages of supplies on the TV anymore. And why don't they do that? Because the leadership in Washington, the policies and procedures put forth by this president have indeed flattened the curve, have produced more than enough supplies, and have reduced the need for those supplies to the point that the media no longer has any of their hyped talking points left 
to display on your television. So I guess it'll be on to the next crisis or the next blame game story. Yes, today's COVID-19 death story cannot be run because we are indeed not dead. We are far from it. And unfortunately for the media and their willing accomplices on the other side, America is recovering far too fast for them to continue to use the coronavirus as the means to the end for their opposition. Yes, they will try to perpetuate this manufactured crisis through November. They will try to suppress all the facts related to the former vice president who did very little to combat all the virus outbreaks that occurred during his eight years as the second place finisher. For it was that vice president, who's now running for president, who'd sat by and did nothing while hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans, died from all the virus outbreaks during his eight-year tenure as vice president. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program. Sorry if the content offends you. But it is our right to express that opinion. Therefore, we retract nothing. So today, while you take a moment to process all of this, I want you to remember one thing. The world has been warned for decades that a potential pandemic might be coming. I've seen documentaries and shows on PBS going back 30 years, warning of how the next bubonic plague could be far worse than the last one, and how pandemics are always just right around the corner. The world has been warned for decades that a pandemic could not be accurately identified until it occurred, and that likely millions of people worldwide would die. The world was given ample advance notice that if a pandemic ever occurred, it would be gruesome, with bodies piled in the streets and millions dying in their beds and no medicine. Because you cannot develop a vaccine, a medicine, a cure without years of trial and error testing. So now that we have had a trial run with this not as deadly as they claimed COVID-19 virus, And it has been less than six months. And we're supposedly on the way to human trials with several vaccines. This fact should be praised on high as a complete success in the handling of this crisis. This should be a story shouted from the mountaintops about how the federal government stepped in after the failure of local and state governments failing to plan, prepare, and supply for a pandemic that we've all been warned about for decades after we have actually flattened the curve and sent it on a downward spiral, now that we've provided the supplies they claimed we needed to care for those in need, now that we've gone above and beyond in a response effort surpassing all others, they, the media and their willing opposition political party cohorts, can't see past the R or past the D to realize what a great triumph, what a great victory, what a great comeback was fostered by one America with all its faults, still the greatest country to ever exist on planet Earth. 
They're not unable to see it. They are unwilling to see it. Here I go again, stirring the pot. There's always a benefit to stirring the pot, a benefit to all sides. One benefit is that you might just learn something. Another benefit is that I too might learn something. Agitators, those who carry big spoons for stirring the pot, actually make their living and get their continuous rotating 15 minutes of fame by stirring the pot. On this program, I give you my opinion. It's my constitutional right to offer my opinion, and therefore I retract nothing. When it comes to my opinion, you have several options. One, agree. It's much simpler that way. Two, disagree and keep it to yourself. Three, disagree and start your own program. Or four, turn it off and remain in the dark as to how someone with a differing point of view might just think. When all is said and done, usually much more is said than is ever done. Life is not fair, and you are owed nothing. This is the truth. And sometimes, the truth hurts.